up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here once again, Portland, Oregon. Living the Dream Studios, the Pearl District. Hey now, it's hey boys back. Hey, I'm juice too, Gotti. Hey. It's been a while since you've been on this podcast, man. Man, I'm feeling rejuvenated <laughs> and like a new man, man. I'm here with it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm I ready mean, to talk. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about too, because it's a whole lot going on. The NFL's back. Kobe's posting shit on Instagram. So a lot going Teddy, on right they, now. Man, but, they trying nah, to we'll clickbait my guy. We'll they trying to we'll clickbait my guy. We will get there. <laughs> But uh, know, let me know, start off with a few quick announcements. Well, actually, before I even start off with announcements, right now it is, what time is it? 9.46 p.m. as we are recording on a Wednesday night. But the date also happens to be 9-11. So uh, just want to recognize 9-11. We all know that the impact that it had on this country. Tragic. It was really, really tragic. It was one of the craziest, probably definitely the craziest terrorist attack in my lifetime. Now, I know a lot mm-hmm. happened before that with all the different world wars. Well, I wasn't thought of yet during that time. But in my lifetime, the most memorable ter- terrorist attack has to have been 9-11. So I just, you know, want to definitely honor and respect that and you know, my heart goes out to the families that I'm sure are still affected by the tragedies that took place in New York Likewise. back in 2002. So I want to make sure we honor that before we get into announcements, before we get into content and start talking about stuff that I don't know, maybe matters, maybe not. But this matters for sure. Um, you got something you want to say real quick? No, nah, oh, you had yeah, it, it, nah, it, it like changed the world forever. You it feel me? And it, it, it's, it's sad, man. So, yeah. Shout it definitely to, did. A few know. more quick announcements. October 4th. Like I said, it's 9-11, so that's about three weeks away. October 4th, Street Roots, the organization slash publication that I work for, is having a family breakfast. It's the biggest event that we do every year. A lot of people come out. I'm there. We've gotten confirmation from the mm-hmm. mayor, the mayor's office. His staff will be there. Many of our donors show up. Many of the city's politicians show up. Um, obviously, you know, our staff at Street Roots, we're there. It's about 500 people. Actually, we had about 500 people show up. It's actually our biggest, it's our biggest, like I said, the biggest event of the year, <laughs> biggest money-making event of the year. And we do a lot of different drives and fun drives and things of that sort. But people tend to pull their wallets out at I that day. I was going to lie and say I'm performing. That's why <laughs> oh, <I'm> God. <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. Actually, who will be performing that night <laughs> will be the keynote speaker, Chief Sarah Boone, who is the fire chief here in the city of Portland. So we're definitely, yeah, we're not going your route, D-Boy. We're going with the fire chief here. (laughs) We're going to roll with the fire chief, but she has a pretty interesting story as well. She was recently hired within the past couple of months here in the city of Portland as the fire chief. And she is the first African-American woman to be a fire chief here in this city, which is interesting because we now have an African-American woman as the fire chief and the police chief here in the city of Portland. So mm-hmm. slowly but surely, we getting there. We, we, yeah, we creating spring, waves. Sprinkle me, man. <laughs> we creating waves. Yeah. Um, another announcement. Now, I'm actually am finally announcing this because I, I do karaoke every Tuesday night. I'm the KJ, so I'm hosting a karaoke night every Tuesday night here in Beaverton, Oregon. And for about the first month and a half that I was doing karaoke there, the place is called The Garages, Satellite Pub. It's a new spot 
beautiful layout inside. Um, it's more like a show dynamic. It's not just a dive bar where you come in, you grab a microphone, and you sing on the floor level to everybody else that is watching you sing and or, and or having drinks or whatever it is that they're doing. This place usually has live shows. It's called the Garages Satellite Pub, and the stage is phenomenal. The lighting in there is phenomenal. It's really a show feel like karaoke. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it's brand new. So since I started working there, they did not have their liquor license. I don't think I have too many people under 21 that listen to this podcast. Now, I may be wrong. And if you are if you are somebody under the age of 21 that listens to this podcast, please do call me out on it. But without the liquor license, all they were able to sell was beer and wine. And they didn't have food options and things of that sort. Well, now we got some hard liquor in that joint. And I want to hear how some of y'all can sing with a little bit of liquid courage. I'm there. I'm so there. So come on by at 7 p.m. every Tuesday. It's called the Garages Satellite Pub. And Come it's find actually me next a lot of week fun. off well whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, I actually sing too. Like I've done karaoke before as a KJ, but I get on the stage and sing now. I done got better each week. The things I learned on this podcast <laughs> with you guys. I'm his brother and I ain't hear that one. I done got better. You got to though. You got to be able to entertain the people. Wow. Obviously, I know how to host. If you're listening to the podcast, you know that, but... Um, I can keep the show moving and grooving. I play great music, but I get up there and I sing a tune every <laughs> once in a while. So if you want to see me sing, come to karaoke night on Tuesdays. The KJ has spoken. <laughs> there we go. Uh, now let's dig into some content, D-Boy, because it's been a whirlwind of a week with a player that was, as of last week, a part of the team that we happen to be huge fans of, and that is the Oakland Raiders. And now he is no longer with that team because of a plethora of events and a plethora of acts that he decided to put out there to the public. And he now is signed with the New England Patriots, which doesn't really make me happy because I'm not a Patriots fan. And I understand how talented this man actually is. But Antonio Brown, also known as A.B., without us getting into every minute detail unless it's for support in this case without us getting into every minute detail of his transition from the Raiders to the New England Patriots bigger news has come out about the guy and it happens to be much bigger than the sport of football himself and he has been accused of sexual assault he's even been accused of rape by a lady that used to go to school at Central Michigan University and was his a trainer, trainer there. His, his trainer? trainer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He he went to Central Min Central Michigan University as well, and she was his trainer there. And she has come out, um, basically, you know. Do you know with if it was like a peer, like a student trainer, or if it was like a, just a staff that worked there? I'm not 100 percent on that, and I don't want to sit here and lie okay. on an issue I'm, that I'm, is I'm that major. That. Yeah. I'm not 100 percent on that, but I mean, I'm still. I mean, they're guy trainers. I had mostly guy trainers while I was in college, but I'm still in touch with my trainers when I from when I went to college. Right. So right. Okay. I could easily see a relationship Should still be in, being there between mm -hmm. a player and a trainer beyond his playing years at that university, but I don't really want to sit here and defend Antonio Brown, nor do I want to sit here and make him look as a guy who's innocent in this situation. I've actually been kind of trained since being in this sports media world on, you know, having a victim first mentality. But I do think there's a lot of lessons to be learned here because 
Antonio Brown has been seeking attention and negative attention, I would say, as of late in the NFL. Um, I think he's gone overboard with some of the things he says, and I don't think that it's been genuine when he does go overboard. And it's something that we see all the time. Even me, I call myself all the time for not being necessarily the best marketer or not being a shock jock in the broadcast industry. I think that Antonio Brown has been doing shock jock type things. And now it's backfired because first and foremost, like I said, with intent, if I'm going to take the victim side and have the big victims back in this, you coming out and purposely trying to receive all of this attention and now your name is in the headlines day in and day out and you're intentionally putting yourself in the headlines day in and day out that could have possibly triggered that young lady if what she's accusing him of is true because she's seeing him in the headlines day in and day out he's receiving all of this attention she may be trying to get past that situation if it did happen because it's alleged right now in my eyes but because you're in the headlines so much you're triggering you're triggering you're triggering now you put yourself in a position to where she's going to come out with these accusations and she's going to file a lawsuit and a grievance against you for what you may or may not have done but she did it anyway now in the case, if you did not do anything, if you didn't touch the woman, if you didn't sexually assault the woman, if you didn't rape the woman, you still have put yourself in a position where you're receiving a lot of negative attention and the numbers are showing forward on social media, the comments, the responses, the likes, etc., etc. But now she feels like she's in a possible position to be able to take advantage of what it is that you're doing and your name is now being put out there in a negative light and what you've been doing because it's been so negative and you've been seeking this negative attention you put yourself in a position where your character cannot be defended and that's something that i think we have to really realize and really take heed in this situation and learn a lesson from it don't defame your character to try to gain more fame ultimately and to try to become a bigger name to try to get in the headlines to try to do numbers on social media streaming music whatever the case may be don't tear down your character in the way that you act so that when times like this do come up who's going to be there to be able to defend it it's funny it's a great point by the way i like how you broke that down uh well spoken but it's funny you said that because obviously me coming from more of a uh, musical background, it's a thin line between that concept that you said. It's a lot of people that make money and make a lot of money and get a lot of views and fans and streams off of stepping out of who they are and stepping out of character mm -hmm. and belittling their character and what they might really stand for and replace it to fame. In most cases, we're seeing a lot of the positive fame from it you see a rare cases such as six nine where it backfires on him such as what you're talking about right but before that he was the most talked about artist in the world at one point you feel me so it's a thin line between you know you saying that and people really taking action on that and i want you to really i want them to really take you serious on what you're saying because it happens a lot to people these days for and sure people are putting themselves in vulnerable positions and positions to get positions to get interrogated and tore down technically because of stuff you said well the thing is ultimately hard work usually doesn't fail you and 
by trying to take the short route, by trying to receive this attention, uh, whether it be positive or negative attention, just for the sole fact of you being able to receive some attention, you create a loophole for yourself there. So what I feel like is sure, Antonio Brown, you were able to get the attention that you wanted to receive beforehand, before, before these the allegations and these yeah. allegations came out. But now you're receiving attention that I know you don't want, nor does any other man or woman or whoever it is that does or does not commit that crime. I would think at least. Hey, and even further to, to your point, um, I didn't really pay much attention to Antonio Brown other than being a great wide receiver when he was on the Steelers. That's not my team. I mm-hmm. see him in passing. You feel me? Monday Night Football, whatever, whatever. But I didn't pay much attention to him as a individual. Since being on the Raiders, obviously, our team, as you said, I paid attention. I watched a little behind-the-scenes uh, training camp. I watched, like you said, I started following him since then. I've watched how he acts. And I would say, I would give myself credit to say I'm a pretty good judgment of character. And uh, he seemed to have some screws loose, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm victim first, defend our own type first all right. day. And, and, I and even still, bruh, he seemed to be off to me. And so, like you said, calling the general manager a cracker and all of that, this man is finna go have to fight for his freedom, something much bigger than football now and all of these things that he did, whether it was for attention that he thought he wanted or whatever, could really backfire him and have him in a position where he's helpless for real. Right. So, you know, I think he, I think it's just all around ugly. And now, I don't think he'll be playing for the Patriots after this allegation. He practiced today. Yeah, but I, that's, listen, it's, the yeah it's the Patriots, bro. It's the Patriots, it's crazy. the NFL. I mean, I, that's an even deeper conversation exactly. to dig into. Because like I said, I actually was one of those people that had to be trained to be a victim first person. I was a person, I'm defending the player, I'm defending the athlete. Growing up, we played sports, you got people in your ear, watch out for them girls here and there, watch out for this and that. They gonna try to get you, they may try yeah. to set you up, etc. Coach et Lake said the girls and, is worse than dope. <laughs> he did say it, right? They, I mean, it, well, as kids. As kids, we bro. Yeah, I was hearing that at Springstown Middle School. As These ki- girls is worse than dope. As kids, we were hearing this, so that was how I was trained, and it's okay to unlearn some things. I'm at a point in time where I, in my life where I'm definitely unlearning a whole lot of shit. But at the same time, since I've been able to kind of be in different activism circles and do more research and do more work, mm-hmm. I tend to have this victim first mentality. But I do still think the other side of the game exists because it's very near and dear to me to feel that way. So uh, that's why I said I'm not here to accuse or to try to. Did he to... seem to have some screws loose to you? Do, do you agree with what I, I said? I didn't agree with it. Yeah. No, I'm saying, I, do you agree with what I'm saying? That he seemed a little off after really paying attention. The shit he did was off. Yeah, he, it for was sure. off. For sure. If it, we're solely basing him on the things foot. that he did, he was off. Now, whether I'm going <laughs> to sit here and say his screws were loose, that's not necessarily my call. But the decisions he made were off. But I feel like a lot of people make off decisions to seek attention. And like I said, I'm somebody who feels it's like no excuse, hard, right? that creates a loophole. Hard work. Being diligent, building a resume is the route that I've tended to go since I've been working in the industry that I work in. And quite frankly, it's worked for me. I've spent little to no time without work in this industry, which is a very tough industry. But one thing that I always critique myself on is my lack of marketing skills, is my ability not necessarily to be a shock jock because I don't really try to be a shock jock. But 
I see and I hear the shock jocks around. I see the numbers that they do, and I see what it does for their ego Similar as well. Similar to the music with me, where it, I, you can step out of character and do more numbers, and, but you don't want them that way. But you don't want them that way. Wow. So wow. when the authenticity kind of really comes into play and you have a foundation, ultimately, to stand on once the moment comes where you get your chance to do your numbers or to receive the attention that you mm -hmm. want to receive, the foundation isn't shaky underneath you, and you'll be able to stand tall in that. Small bar, baby. AB Long can't game. stand Long on game. that attention no yeah, more in this he was situation. Crazy he can't stand off. on that. He can't stand on his character yeah. with this accusation coming out. Yeah. And that's where I ultimately think the lesson should be learned. Hey, man, if it didn't happen, well wishes to the brother because I would 100%. hate to see anything. But at this point, I, I feel like it's really up in the air. And I'd be surprised if I see him play football on Sunday. Wow. Mm. All righty. Well, next up. We're going to talk about Kobe Bryant. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. Co Kobe Bryant. Kobe Co Bryant. <laughs> All right, Charles Barkley. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. I came in See the day, Ernie. <laughs> Uh, podcast on uh, TNT right, right now. Yeah, yeah. We're we talking about Kobe Bryant here in his most recent <laughs> in Instagram post um, of his AAU team that he coaches. Uh, did you see it first and foremost? He took a shot at the little girl. <laughs> he took a shot at the little girl. He took a shot. But they clickbaited the hell out of him. Yes, I yeah, see it. So, so, so yes, I let's let's it. tell the story. Right quick. Let's tell the story. I, I don't want to get yes, I too ahead it. of ourselves. He took a shot at that little girl. Okay, so <laughs> let me break this down. Let me break this down. Kobe Bryant, the greatest basketball player we've ever seen. Yes, I said it and I said it again. And I'm here with you. Kobe Bryant, the greatest we've ever seen play the game. He posts a picture with his team. They're called Newport Mesa. His daughter <laughs> plays on the team. He's the coach, etc., etc. Um, he has his gym, Mamba Academy, out there in L.A. now. He's training. Obviously, we know on ESPN+, Plus, he has decided to play the role of educator when it comes to the sport of basketball. Detail show on there. Detail yep. show. He does. He breaks down the players' games and what's working and what's not working mm -hmm. for the players and schemes and schematics, all that good stuff. He's an educator, and I I'm here he, for rightfully it. Rightfully so. I'm, I'm here, here for, for it. it. He, he dissected the game in a major way while he was in the NBA, so he earned that. But... He posted a picture with this team, and first off, none of the girls in the picture were smiling. They, they was all not had happy. trophies. They were not happy. And he says, and I quote, here's our fourth place winners, and I say that with their quotes, picture, LOL. Six of the kids in the picture stayed with me and worked every single day to get better and continue to work to this day. The seventh player, not in the picture, Missed this game for a dance recital, so that should tell you where her focus was at during this time. Meaning, she enjoyed dance more than ball, which is fine. Now, she eats, sleeps, and breathes the game. So from this original group of seven, we have added a player, two, two years younger, sixth grade now, a player whose team in our area folded, and a player whose family moved here from Tennessee, Newport Mesa, Southern California, L.A., all that, all that. The beauty of coaching is growing the players from the ground up. 
the journey continues. Mambas, two years ago. So ultimately, the reason said the why the marathon continues, he would have been harder. Player. That would have been player. That would have been player. But I, Kobe, you know, I don't know if he's <laughs> he might that in tune. Come on, but, baby. Come on. <laughs> but the reason why he even posted that picture initially was because his girls' team like annihilated a team. Um, that they lost to a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And they really weren't that good. And now they he's been working with them for a couple years straight, and they're really, really good. And he called out the young girl for choosing a dance recital instead of playing in her games. And if I'm being honest with you, I don't have one single problem with what Kobe did. <laughs> we got to quit softening the game. We got to allow these kids to be critiqued and to be called out within the sport. I played Kobe, obviously, greatest player of all time. First off, he was a killer on the court when he played. So there's no reason for anybody to expect him not to be that same type of a killer and have that same type of mentality as a coach. Youth sports or not. It's not going to happen. If you watched him play, you shouldn't even expect that. And if you were a parent that did expect that from Kobe Bryant, You just didn't watch the game or pay attention to the game. Second of all, I played for a Hall of Fame AAU coach in high school, and nothing nice was said during those days. I played for the GP Gloves. For those of you that don't know what the GP Gloves stands for, it stands for the Gary Payton Gloves. Gary Payton was a sponsor of our team. (laughs) He was a coach of our team, too, obviously. And Gary Payton was the type of person, after we won a game by 10 points, nothing good was said about the victory. All he wanted to say was, you motherfuckers suck, and y'all should have won the game by 30. That's it. That's all we got. But it created some very successful players, and you can go and look up the article, his own son, Gary Payton II, now one of the greatest players to ever play at Oregon State University, still flirting back and forth between two-way contracts from the NBA to the, uh, to the Development League or the Gatorade League now, the G League. He was on our AAU team back in those days as well. There have been articles written about Gary basically telling his son, Gary Payton II, give it up. You're done. You're no good. We got to understand that there are killers that are going to come out here and try to take your heads off. And quite frankly, if I'm being honest here, and some may or may not like what I'm about to say here, but if I was an opponent looking at the picture that Kobe Bryant posted, and I was an opponent of that team, You know what my first thought would be? What? This is a team with a bunch of players that all have therapists. And we are getting ready to come here and fuck shit up, essentially. We're going to come here and we're going to kill this team. We, we, our lives depend on this sport. Their lives don't necessarily look like it depends on the sport. And that's why Kobe has had to create a mentality within these, these young girls and within this team, which in Newport and Mesa, pretty nice area. Got to have a little money to be over there. I would imagine Everybody over there has got a little money behind them. Kobe Bryant's not living or hanging out in the area where it's not no money in the in the area. And he has had to create a mentality amongst <clears throat> some young girls that may not have necessarily been as hungry as some of the killers and the wolves that they're going to have to go out and play against where their life is dependent upon the sport of basketball. So if we take that element away or if we act like we don't understand that element, Trust me, you're going to get a rude awakening anyway within the sport, and it'll be from an opponent opponent rather than somebody who knows the game, who has mastered the game, and can ultimately...
ultimately teach you the game and the mentality necessary to be the best at it. Which one do you want? <laughs> so I'm going to tell you this right now to, to chime in on, you know, my, my take on it. You know, Kobe could basically do no wrong in my eyes. I, I've been a Kobe fan since been a Kobe fan. But I, what I don't like about the whole situation, which, I mean, this has become standard protocol in media now, something that we've talked about a little bit before and that you're not prone to doing, and uh, it's clickbait. And when I say clickbait, I was on Twitter, and I found out about this by one of the platforms I think it was Vlad TV actually. Yeah, yeah I did saying, see Vlad post something about it. Kobe Bryant scorns seventh grader. <laughs> I'm a, let me stop right there. Kobe Bryant scorns seventh grader. Now let me read you the definition of scorns. The feeling or belief that someone or something is worthless or despicable. Nothing in that post led that girl to believe she was worthless or despicable for the decision that she made to go to a dance recital, right? It, and quite and even deeper. In the seventh grade, your passion for dance might be just as strong as basketball at this point. You feel me? It's not it's not like she, you know, was just all about basketball and that basketball is it at seventh grade. So I didn't have a problem with her going to the dance recital. I thought that him taking a public shot at her. I thought that that was something where you talk about, you know, you playing for Mamba mentality, you playing for Kobe but Bryant. He was, I, but he was trying to show the progress. But 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 this is what I'm saying. To to finish my point, what I'm saying is basically, it's Kobe Bryant, and I'm sure he has a relationship with this girl that's playing on his team, where he for can sure. say, okay, seventh grade, eighth grade, colleges start looking. You feel me? By the eighth grade, going into ninth grade, high school, it get real. So at this point. Dance recital or hoop moving forward because yeah. you're gonna have to pick one. It gets real, yeah. and I think him having that personal conversation was enough. And he's smart enough to know that what motivates. Him. He's smart enough to know that it would have been taken exactly how it was taken by put making it public and twisting his words and even deeper. Kobe Bryant, his birthday is August 23rd. He's a Leo Virgo, two days after mine. So I know about having that passion and trying to get that out of other people where they just don't have it. No matter how hard you try to dig for them, they just don't have that passion. And I could be mistaken or, you know what I mean? Mis yeah, it could be mistaken by some people so or misleading. So uh, I don't have nothing wrong with what he said. I don't have nothing wrong with what he did. I do think that he led himself to a position where he could have been mistaken, and that's what happened. And people like Vlad TV need to kick rocks doing stuff like that because it's really clickbait. And I clicked. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Clicked. I mean, a lot of people did, but like I said, I, I'm not going to sit here and support you in the whole Leo thing because I'm not a Leo, so I don't know what it's like to be one of those people. Yeah. I do know what it's <laughs> she like. She do. I do, know what <laughs> I do know what it's like to play for a Hall of Famer. And I do know the standard that playing for a Hall of Famer holds you to. And I played for arguably the greatest defender to ever play the game. And above that, arguably the best shit talker to ever play the game of basketball. But it was direct to y'all is what I'm saying. It he didn't go to Instagram to and say, you motherfuckers should have beat them by 40. He came straight at y'all. And the only people that was going to see it is the people that was in the that gym that the day. Gym. That and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Kobe Bryant is smart enough to know that he he did call out the girl. Yeah. He said we all know where her shows where her head was at. That's calling out somebody. So he let he led room 
for what happened to happen. I just feel like you gotta sort of have that mentality to get to the highest level in this. But you game. have that ta- you have that mentality <laughs> directly. Like I said, he's proven enough and sharp enough where he tell man at seven all I did. I mean in the seventh grade. I eat, slept, and breathed this. I was traveling state to state, and I was on the playground. I was making friends. I was playing. It wasn't no damn. It wasn't none of that. And you playing for a prominent position that a lot of seventh grade girls wish they was in. So is you with it or not? You feel me? And I think that that direct conversation held enough weight, and I'm sure it did take place. I think it was cool being left right there, though. Once again, I don't have nothing wrong. It, it wasn't too hard or too harsh what he did. But I think he put himself in position to get the combat that but, he received. But, but that's fine. When you're a competitor, you put yourself in position to right. be competed and if you against. That he, to be competed against. So right. I don't really see and, the damage at all in what it and is. And I don't need. It's and not I don't damage. really think he gives a it's fuck not, as a competitor. Because like I said, we when we got cussed out, it was at us. But like I said, GP was also one of the greatest shit talkers to ever play the game. So he said the shit publicly too. He didn't care what people had to say. He publicly tried to annihilate you within the sport. And like I and said, that, that was and, his and thing. Public, he did it. But the thing is, it's a public sport. People are going to come out and sit here and watch you play. Bro, she's in They're going to critique grade, you. They're going to critique you. So what? I would rather be the one. It's like, it's like, um, Let's say a, a child with no father or a child with no guidance in a single parent household, whatever, 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 right? You would rather learn something from your parent that is actually present, go out, possibly kind of disobey, disobey or stray away from something that your parents said that was right, but know how to be able to come back and to return and admit, you know what? I learned this lesson from you, but I was being hard-headed, and I tried to kind of stray away and do my own thing. But fortunately, because I was familiar with the situation and the scenario, because your presence alone taught me this scenario, I knew how to come back. It's like the church kid. It's like all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Rather than somebody to go out, get ate up by the wolves, not know how to get back, not know when the furnace is too hot, not know when to pull back or when to pull away and when things are getting out of hand and how to navigate out of that because you feel like this is what you're raised with. This is what you're, this, you, you're feeling like these people are your family and really they're your opposition. And like I said, a lot of kids, a lot of players' lives depend on the sport of basketball. So their passion burns really, really deep. <laughs> and if something gets said, like what Kobe said, which I don't really think was nothing, we have to understand why he's saying that, being the competitor that he was, being the Hall of Famer that he was. Gary Payton, like I said, he didn't just learn that and become that shit talker. Big Gary Payton I'm talking about. He didn't become that shit talker overnight. You know what his father's nickname was? Rest in peace. His father's nickname in Oakland was <laughs> Mr. Mean. <laughs> they called him Mr. Mean in Oakland, a mean-ass city. <laughs> Like, like, I, I just, I can't get with the softness and going away from having a competitive edge. And quite frankly, 
being so ultimately we publicly. agree because we saying that that's soft for Vlad to be talking about she got scorned and all of this stuff. That's we, soft. We do ultimately agree, but you just think it's because you guys are Leos. I think it's I don't because think it's just because he stuck. A, he wish he was a Leo secretly, man. He no, I don't. Just... I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be a Capricorn. Everything ends and begins with us. Who fuck with it's Capricorn. It's Capricorn. Hey, you January first, like the, the year starts with Capricorn. Ooh. The year ends with Capricorn. We're the Alpha and the Omega. Damn it. Halloween so you gotta fool. live with that. You gotta live with we that. King of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it's time for the next segment. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna do Pouncey's pick. So get the lines, man. Tell me the lines on the game. Oh, we going up straight this weekend. To, uh, we going straight to it? Well, no, we'll, we'll take a quick break, right, but right, I just right. want you to get the lines prepared so sure we thing. can talk about a few games. Sure I'm not thing, talking Alpha about and every, Omega. Yeah, I'm not talking about every NFL <laughs> game that's coming up this week, but I do want to talk about some of the bigger ones and uh we might even put a little wager on these games ourselves. So pull that up. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Thank you. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. And uh, we got a new segment here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I'm excited about this it's, one. Yeah, it's Because I'm going to whoop season. you all season in this. Yeah, Mark see. my words. We're going to see. <laughs> it's football words. season. The NFL is back. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for it, actually. I had a great time this past weekend watching the NFL. I oh, had I a great it. time I loved watching the Oakland Raiders beat the Denver Broncos. I had a great time watching my fantasy team get the W. I just had a great week when it came to football this I past week. I lost to Trevor Thurn the first yeah, week of uh, fantasy. You're going to lose And I lost $20 the first week of to yeah. picks, buddy. But, um, I'm a in <laughs> But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm 1-0 in real life when it comes to the team I'm a fan of. Of, and that is the Oakland Raiders, and I'm one to know in fantasy right now. So now let's see if I can, you know, let that translate into being one to know here in Pouncey's I'll be one to know in Pouncey's pick starting this week. Thank so, you. so we, uh, what are we talking? We going with who's going to win, and we'll pick five games because that way, unless we have a whack ass tie, like it was Arizona. like, yeah, that was crazy. Detroit, huh? Detroit, that's Arizona. an ugly game, though. It's the Arizona Cardinals in Detroit. <laughs> That was the ugliest. Oh, hey, but man. that Larry Fitzgerald, though, boy, I, I, I posted a tweet the other day about Tom Brady and how I've never seen anybody give Father Time a run for their money like Tom Brady. But uh, I got Larry called Fitz out. Too, I got huh? called out because Larry Fitzgerald was unstoppable in that game. Thank you. But they ended in a tie. So yeah. hopefully, assuming that there is no ties in the games this upcoming weekend, I'm going to pick five games for us to pick from. Five games, so hopefully somebody wins 3-2. We may or may not agree on some of the winners in those games, but we're going to experiment. It's our first time doing it, so let's figure it out. First game, Seattle at Pittsburgh. D-Boy, who you got? Uh, the spread is opening up right now with uh, Pittsburgh being favored to win by four. I think that that is the money game where you rack up on the underdog. Seattle wins that game. Seattle wins that game. Seattle wins that, that outright. On the road at Pittsburgh outright. I actually think I'm going to go with Seattle, too, in that game. There I, it I, is. I, that's who I had. So, <laughs> we we're on both Seattle, Seattle right one. now. All right. Uh, San Francisco 49ers at the Cincinnati Bengals. What you got? Uh, the Bengals open up with the two-point favorites, and I agree with that. Cincinnati Bengals beat the San Francisco 49ers. I think that they, you know, had a good thing to do coming in, winning the first game, both the Raiders and the Niners, which we don't see that in the Bay too much. But, uh 
Yeah, they go one and one this week and losing to the Bengals. Okay, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers, 49ers on that. And the reason being is sort of personal. And sometimes I might pick personally, but usually I believe in the people that I'm picking in. But I'm rooting for my guy Jason Verrett to go out there and get the W. He didn't right. play. He didn't play in Week One. Why it was, was that? It was a game time decision. He'd been dealing with an ankle injury, so he missed a lot of the preseason. He had missed, some, and he didn't miss camp for the most part, but he definitely missed some preseason with an ankle injury. He was like essentially a game time decision. He didn't end up playing this past week, so. I'm putting it out there that he's going to play this week and he's going to have a good game. Plus, I really do think the Niners are actually going to beat the Bengals. Do you I'm think not they'll be good this year? I mean, starting off 2-0, if they start getting talked about being, do you think they'll have a chance to be good this year? I, well, I think they have a chance to be good, but I think the problem is I don't see them being better than the Seattle Seahawks or the Los Angeles Rams, who are both in their so division. So they're out of there, okay. So they could have a good year outside of playing those teams, but I don't see them having a better record than those teams who happen to be two really good teams. Oh, I hope in these five you got rival Oakland and KC. That's you know always a crazy game. You know game. I do. You oh. know I do. I'm rolling with KC. Sorry. I'm going personal. <laughs> <laughs> this, this might be where I'm chicken grease. <laughs> I'm rolling with KC. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> hey, you ain't, ain't nothing wrong with it, but I'm going with the Raiders. Do I, just, I hope Kansas City I loses? Just, Absolutely. I can't say I'm going with Kansas City on live podcast television, so uh, I hear Oakland, you. I'm, I'm I with it. Say but it. He I said it fast. I can oh, say it. This might be where I'm chicken grease, but they I'm are going really, with the Raiders. really good. Now, now, granted, now, granted, I believe that the Raiders can beat Kansas City. I think, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. No, I, you don't. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why I believe it. Because watching the, watching our game this past Monday, we are really good up front. And if we can control the line, I mean, that's like one of the number one ingredients to be able to win the game is to be able to control the line of scrimmage. We got the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL. So I'm putting pressure on them to control the line of scrimmage week in and week out. They did it in week one. I think that they can do it on a pretty consistent basis going forward. Um, defensively, I thought we controlled the line of scrimmage as well. So I think the Raiders have action there. I think Carr, he, he seemed pretty lasered in and pretty focused. And obviously, he showed glimpses of being a really, really talented quarterback a couple years ago. Oh, he'll I felt be like he'll I felt like last year was a confidence issue. But I think this offseason and first the way end. he and coming off of that win the way he did, he can be really good too. But that damn Patrick Mahomes. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna tell you who else and who actually saved me and is the ultimate reason why I won my first week in fantasy. I didn't bench Sammy Watkins in week one. And he went off for 46 points, point eight or Lucky something you. like that. Lucky you. I, I had so many people when I tweeted out that I actually had Sammy Watkins in my lineup. I had so many people respond to me about having him on the bench. I didn't have one other person respond to me saying that they had Sammy Watkins actually in their lineup as well. Had about five or six said they had him on the squad, but he was on the bench. Hey, I think things through, man. He's a hell of a player. He's playing with the Chiefs now. Who's and I next? Think he can Raiders, man. Who's next? Well. <laughs> F your fantasy. Who's next, Caddy? <laughs> Don't be salty because you lost week one. You'd be bragging about Who's your fantasy next? right now, too, if you were any good at Kelsey's it. Kelsey's picks. <laughs> next, I got, um. who do I got next here? Who do I got? New Orleans at Los Angeles Rams. Oh, now that's going to be gritty. That's, that's going to be gritty. That's a tough one. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. I think Gurley had a shit game in week one. 
Uh, but I think Gurley is actually going to be the difference maker in this game. I don't see him having two bad weeks in a row. Um, now, granted, it, it, it also behooves me for Hurley to have a big game because he just so happens to be my running back on my fantasy team. But way beyond that, we all know how talented of a running back Gurley actually is. I don't see him starting off the season with two bad games or two not up to par games, I should say, in a row. So I'm rolling with the Los Angeles Rams. Hey, I got Drew Brees as my fantasy quarterback, and uh, I technically think that the Saints could win. They experienced, they poised. Uh, the Rams, I still think, you know, even in the midst of their recent success, I think they're still figuring a lot of stuff out. And so, uh, Morel, with that being said, I'm going with the Saints. All right, all right. Last game, but, yeah, it may be the least. But the last game will be <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles at the Atlanta Falcons. Who you rolling with? And what's the spread on that game, too, by the way? Philly favored to win by one and a half points, so it's very close. Mm-hmm. I'm going Philly. You going Philly? I'm going Philly. I think Alshon Jeffrey go off on them boys. Alshon is the difference maker? I just think he go off on them boys. I'm going Philly too. I'm going Philly. I'm going Philly too. <laughs> so which games did we disagree on here? So we disagreed on the Rams and the New Orleans Saints. Uh-huh. Uh, we disagreed Kansas City, on Kansas Oakland, City and, and Oakland San and San Francisco. Right. Yeah, so that's cool. Three. Right, that's a three piece. How we much rolling. you betting on that? Well, I don't even want to say that on live. Let's keep the wager between All us. Right. It's a bet. It's a bet, family. Y'all heard it here first. It's a bet. Um, next up, we got our Taking L segment. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. Taking L's, baby. Taking L's. Taking L's. And we're going to get straight to it. It's either a loss or a lesson, huh? Loss or a lesson, man. Loss or a lesson. This one's a loss. It's not a lesson for me. This one that I got coming up right here is a loss. (laughs) And I got to give it to a man who also, his name also starts with an L. He goes by the name of LeBron James. Whoa. Who the hell did LeBron James think he was getting Taco Tuesday panted? Patented. Whatever. <laughs> Patented. Patented. Tongue twister. Yeah, he, I was surprised when I first read he tried to do that. Who did he think he was? He was trying. I mean, listen, we're from California, D-Boy. That's been around our whole life. Yeah. I know you just moved to L.A., LeBron. Glasses Malone said, ha-ha, that's some L.A. shit. Nice try, <laughs> Yeah, like, nice I know try. you live in L.A., LeBron. <laughs> I understand. He jumped the gun. We eat one. tacos <laughs> every day in California, and I understand that your Taco Tuesday, Taco Tuesday, it went viral. Just about anything you do goes viral. It was a reach. It was a reach. Relax. It was a reach. (laughs) It was a reach. That was a real reach. And and like I said, I don't even really think there's too much more to say on that. You can't really teach a lesson in that. Come on, dog. Like, like you got to know better. It has been officially denied by the trademark patent. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. So that was a quick and easy easy. loss. That was was a quick and easy loss. LeBron. No. I'm going to keep it football no. on my side. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Jacksonville Jaguars star quarterback Nick Foles breaking his arm in the first game of the season. That is a loss. Uh, not too much that could be, you know, learned from that either. It's just a loss. It's a loss for the team. Nick Foles had success with the Eagles. Nick Foles is now on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And for the Jaguars to lose such a prominent part of their offense, the quarterback, 
Uh, that's a big thing. Obviously, with a break, I think it's going to be a significant amount of time, maybe four to six weeks at the fastest. What you think? Broken, you said a broke broken arm? Cl- broken clavicle, broken, yeah. Man, yeah, he was broken. in a sling. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it's not his throwing arm, but it might be more like six to eight, right? Uh, yeah, probably six to eight. I say six to eight. Yeah, yeah so. You say four over here, Alexis? Okay, yeah, Alexis in the building right now. But she she didn't said, play football. She said she broke her clavicle. <laughs> she didn't but, play. But, I mean, still, on the, on the turnaround time, you would think it would be even faster for them, right? Yeah. How how long did you say? Four oh, four months. Oh, that oh, uh, four said, I months. I said four weeks. Nah, my oh, she yeah, said four months. Yeah, Season's that's what I'm done. saying. Yeah. So I if it's anything it. like that, that's what I'm saying. It sounded like it was more severe, and to the point where I actually heard that Jacksonville has already traded for a new quarterback. So yeah. that's kind of crazy. I hate to hear, and I actually like Foles because I I used to follow Foles back when he was in college at University of Arizona. My best friend, Tremaine Bondurant, See? now known by his stage name, Maniac Flame, played with Nick Foles. So for about four years there, I was actually a U of A fan just because my best friend played there. And right. They actually were successful during his stint there. So I always followed Foles going into the NFL because right. I remember him the playing personal with my level boy back in, in those days. So I pulled for Foles. I was happy. When he won that Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. Right, he had so, some success there. I mean, I just hate to hear it because and he's even, somebody that I, I, I pulled for right. indirectly but personally. And even deeper than that, just the fact that it reminds me, things like this on the first game of the season reminds me of stuff like Gordon Hayward. Yeah, with the, You know, we watched that together when yeah, it first happened. Uh, in basketball, NBA season two years ago, and now, uh, you know, seeing this with Nick Foles, I just hate when you know you prepared and went through camp and right. trained and did all of this for you to not even get to, you know, make it halfway through at least. But I hate it to happen at any point. That's so, how I felt when I strained my calf. <laughs> yeah, in, in the adult league, Gaddy. <laughs> First so, game of the season. See, that's 25. I mean. He needed his $95. Oh, my calf is yeah, over with. Over. Yeah, off a dumb spin move. Mr. Resident. So, so I say all that to say, uh, yeah, he had to hop up my damn stairs, can't walk. And it was crazy. Legs giving he, giving him frozen vegetables for his First calf. First game of the men's adult league season. 25 Specific on the days are officially over. <laughs> and that was the reality check right there. But, uh. Yeah, you know, for the the Jaguars and for Foles, that was definitely an L. And so, uh, yeah, not too much to learn from that either, man. Just try to stay healthy, work hard, and hopefully you can prevent some of that bad uh, bad luck. All righty. You got it. Um, What a great show. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. Glad to have you back, man. Glad to have you back. It's been a little while since... You've been in here. You celebrated a birthday while you were man, gone. Camp in L.A. Just camp in bunch. L.A. You've been, you've I'm been moving yeah. and grooving. Where else I went? I was out yeah, here. Yeah. I don't know. To the Bay. You the had bay. your release oh, the bay. party in the yeah, Bay. You right. You yeah, right. Yeah, you did all that. All yeah. that. And so it don't stop. It don't stop. It's going to keep rocking and rolling. Um, and also, I still want to advise y'all from last week's episode. Uh, we had Dr. Jules Boykoff here on the podcast. He dropped some amazing gems. Continue to follow us going on or in jewels. the MLS. Drop some jewels. Drop some jewels. <laughs> you got a point there. <laughs> you know I mean? See what you did. <laughs> but yeah, for sure though. I I I would imagine. I mean, I, I would encourage y'all, excuse me, to go out and listen to that episode because that is still an ongoing thing. Um, I'm following it really closely. He's been following it really closely. He's written several articles. Well, he wrote one article, but it, it, it felt like several because it got picked up by a lot of different outlets and a lot of different outlets kind of tweeted it, posted it, promoted it. 
It was essentially the news surrounding the protest that had began in Major League Soccer, where I think kind of the heartthrob of that protest is taking place right here in the city of Portland with the Portland Timbers. This city, this city goes hard with these protests and these rallies and stuff. And I'm not here for it. I mean, that's another story. Doc. I mean, that's that's on you. I, I'm I'm here for certain things. I'm selective <laughs> yeah. as to what I'm here for. But this city, I mean, you always fear either the risk or you fear the exposure of somebody being done wrong in some type of way. So, yeah. I mean, I understand there's safety risks that can come with I just that, don't feel invisible. The world you like, hear, you yeah, know, it's yeah. crazy. And I feel and like it's it, close to home when you see and hear what we, you know, seeing and hearing And it's days. triggering. It's traumatic to know that kind of, you know, you're not being supported by ultimately these decision makers, policy makers in the case of the MLS, etc., etc. So, I mean, it could be disturbing news and it's not necessarily something to be happy about. The fact that we even have to have these protests and rallies are something that we really shouldn't necessarily be proud of. But I do support the fight since we're in this position now anyway. Right. So, since the fight is gone, I'm here for that as well. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of where I am and where I stand on that. But I think, like I said, Jules came here and he dropped some jewels. He was very informative <laughs> on what it was that he had to say. So please go back and check that episode out. Uh, Deep boy, what you got coming? To you you selling hard copies? You you out? The yeah, we dropped right the now. official uh, project that y'all heard me talking about the life outside social media. But we only dropped hard copies so far to get you know the real supporters and special fans that jump on it first uh real exclusive content so we doing that and dabbling with that for about a week or two more and then it will be available on all streaming platforms as promised so uh hit me up if interested in one of those signed hard copies other than that you know where to find me and to stay tuned and intact for sure at dboy ltd with an i not a y there you go and i want to say something real quick because i made a comment earlier on this podcast and i do stand by the comment i made but just to add a little bit of context when i talked about the therapist um and the kids kobe's team and the kids looking like they need therapists listen that might be a great thing for folks to have in the long run I think I encourage going and getting therapy. I don't have a therapist, never did have one, and that really wasn't a thing for us growing up. And like I said, in the long run, that might not have been so good, uh, such a good thing. Might be the reason I'm a little wacky right now, but I'm just talking solely from a competitive standpoint. Kids that could afford therapists, I didn't play too, with too many of those. And uh, we came to kill the kids in the suburbs or that looked like they were from the suburbs. And if we being more explicit with it, kids with majority white teams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and when you say kill, a, you're kid. talking about dominate, dominate on the court. On the court. Like yes. we're coming make for that clear. you. Yeah. For, <laughs> in this world, talking, you know, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks yeah. for the cleanup. Thank you. But Thank you. yeah, I mean, we, we, that, it's a thing and it's not me trying to make stuff racial, but it, it's an underlying thing that exists. And we knew that we wanted to go beat those Back. types of teams Back. when we played against not them. Right. So that was what I was no. getting at. But anywho, Make sure you give it your all and whatever it is that you do from here on out. And uh, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. win.